This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here today with Matt Zavonik from High Prairie Sportsman, and we are just jumping on last minute, trying to get an episode out for you guys, and I'm glad to have Matt on today. So, Matt, you just uh, informed me you just brought something home? Yeah, I uh, I just picked up, literally just, I mean, 10 minutes ago, got back from the gun store, picked up my new 28-gauge, a Super Black Eagle 3. And what gauge does that happen to be in? 28. Oh, of right. course. I guess you said, yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, so, did, what, what, uh, did you get the black or what, what pattern did you get? Yeah, I just got the black. I mean, not really any, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks more for camo. I don't really need that. Right. So, you got the black, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I also uh, picked up um, the Benelli. Uh, Ethos Cordoba best 28 gauge myself with the 28 inch barrel, three inch, shoot three inch shells with it. And I'm assuming you got the three inch mat because I don't even know. Do they just sell it in two and three quarter or do they sell three inch? No, it shoots three. Uh, I don't even know. I think they're all three inch. Not the, oh, really? Of of the Benelli's line, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man, because, um, Man, how long has it we've been talking about that? Even before you bought one, like wasn't that when that teal hunt like three or four years ago when we came to Nebraska, me and Harrison? Does it seem like yeah. we were talking about it then a little bit or something? Well, yeah, because after like the next weekend after you guys went back, uh, my buddy actually had a twenty-eight gauge and over under he let me use on a teal hunt, and I shot a couple. Oh, of that's teal right. Hunts. Yes, that was on a video, right? Yeah. Yep, that was the first uh, first twenty eight gauge I ever had on my channel. But wow. yeah, just <laughs> just hooked on those twenty eight gauges now. I guess you could say. Well, you know what? And and here's the thing. I think, and it's okay. I mean, me and you both know that I think a lot of people think it's a fad thing. I mean, for a lot of people, I think it is a fad, right? Like, because that's what they always try to do. I feel like every so often is like, oh, you know. Uh, sub gauges are back in, sub gauges are back in, you know, this, this and that, but it's like, well, 
I just think, I, I don't know, it might be a marketing thing too, but I do think it has its ebbs and flows of like what people are using and stuff like that. But for me, like I said, for me and you, it's kind of a bummer to get in, in that, um, kind of be thrown into that category that it's just kind of a fad thing because, like I said, that's why I keep bringing up how long ago we've been talking about it before, like, the last year or two, you start seeing them pop up in magazines like, oh, the new fad is go back down in gauges. But I think me and you both know most people really don't want to do that because they like to have what they think is more I, – I mean, I shouldn't say think. In reality, it is more shot, you know, but we know that if you use the right ammo and you take the close enough shots, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's not anything for clickbait or a challenge video or any of that garbage. Uh, you know, I, I've wanted one since I was 12 years old. I've said this multiple times and, uh, you know, it just fits my hunting style and I just love the way they shoot. So yeah. that's, I mean, to each their own. So some people can use a 10 gauge. I probably will never own one, but no. I, I, now I have multiple 28 gauges. So Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, for me, the 20 gauge thing was, I'm not going to definitely not, I'm not, I will not say that I was like you and wanted to get one when I was 12 years old. I didn't even know about those, you know, <clears throat> I didn't even know that of that gauge till basically you and Harrison were talking about it on that trip. And I don't know if Harrison had bought one yet or what the deal was, but I remember us talking about that quite a bit. And it's funny because it's always, to be honest with you, me, you and Harrison, whether it's me and you or me and Harrison, or when we've been together always talk about that stuff like to me i'm just i'm just naturally into and the i wasn't like four or five years ago i wasn't into patterning and and chokes and all this kind of stuff and now like i really enjoy it like i sincerely like trying to make the combo work and and use a lesser quieter gun and less recoil if i can but still is deadly yeah yep now you're you don't What's your confidence level like using a 28 gauge? I, I guess what you mean. Like, do you feel like, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm undergunned, you know, when I go out there and I'm hunting, it's like, oh, I just, you know, I don't know if I got enough gun there, you know, to take care uh, of. Never, never with ducks. Um, you know, if, if, uh, and if I think it's, you know, on, uh, on days where, you know, I'm just strictly going goose hunting mm. or I'm not sure how well the geese are going to be decoying. I'll take my 28 or my 12 gauge out. Um, but you know, if, if I think that I'm, I can decoy them close that day, or, you know, I, if I'm confident that they will, then my 28 gauge is coming out with me. If, you know, I'm hunt primarily honkers and I don't think I can decoy them the best or, um, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, then I'll probably lean with my 12 gauge just in case. So I don't have those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's when you mentioned that when you said thoughts, because it's all on confidence level, right? It's like, it's, it, the most of the time I think any gun could handle the situation, but if you're not confident in your mind with it, then that's going to affect you as well. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole point. You know, that's all shooting is. It's just, you got to have confidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and another thing is, too, you've been hunting for years and years. I've been hunting for years and years. And when I say hunting, I mean, like, I'm talking about waterfowling. We've been doing it for so long. I know my ranges. You know your ranges. We know we've shot a lot of different ammo, a lot of different probably di- types of shotguns. 
So, and you've hunted for a long time, and you've been in a lot of scenarios. So you kind of know your comfort levels, and you're not going to put yourself in a position. If you're a new person hunting, like you've been only duck hunting for like a year or two, or I should say waterfowl hunting, you, I could see where you would feel that way. And I definitely, I don't know how you feel about this map, but like I would not recommend new hunters using like a 28 gauge. How do you feel about that? That could be a little trail we could go off on right there. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, you could, you could go two ways with it. I mean, you could go kind of what you're, how you're going with, and I would agree with you in that aspect. Um, but on, on the other side, like if you're introducing like a kid, like a new person completely yeah. to hunting, they yeah. might be scared of recoil. Mm. Um, and you, you know that, you know, the person taking them out is confident that there's going to be decoying birds or, you know, they'll let them shoot them on the water or whatever. Let, take, you know, give them a 20 gauge, give them a 28 gauge, you know, mm. something that's not going to kick too much that fits the, you know, fits the kid. Cause you don't want to give them a gun that's too big. Right. And then, you know, that just goes back to that confidence. They'll miss a bunch of shots and it'll just beat their confidence up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you could, I guess you could, there's, there's two sides to it, like almost everything, but, um, yeah, it, for the, like, if you're going out on your own, you maybe have a year experience. You're maybe not the most competent shooter yet, or you, you don't, you know, you don't have all that experience with different scenarios and stuff, you know, probably want to suggest that probably you know go 20 go 12 gauge something like that yeah no i agree i my thoughts were which i think for me i think a part for a kid is like when you have too long of a barrel that can be overwhelming to a kid even though it may not kick much so like i have that 28 inch barrel which i forgot that my 20 gauge is a 26 inch barrel so when i threw my 28 gauge up on my shoulder. I was like, man, this thing is long. I'm like, oh, duh. Yeah, that's why it feels so long because it's a 28. My 20 gauge is a 26 inch barrel. So um, I don't regret that. I mean, I like that extra two inches, but it's kind of like it, it does make it more to throw around in a way, even though it's only two inches, it does kind of feel weird. It's like, okay, the yeah. barrel's so small and the gun is so light yet it's the barrel sticks way out there. You know, it's kind of different, but it's, it's so balanced. It feels so good throwing it up on my shoulder because I'm a, I'm a really big Browning guy, but, um, I've, I've had some bad luck with Benelli's myself in the past longer ago, but this one, when I throw it up, the way they put the, the rib is kind of upset up higher. So when I throw it up, I'm literally looking right down the rib through the bead instead of before other ones I've had, I feel like I had to kind of lean my head over, you know, but anyways, the kind of, I got off sidetrack there, but my daughter, she's 10 and uh, she's really a go getter when it comes to wanting to hunt and stuff. And she shot it. Actually, we shot him Saturday. And besides it being too long for, obviously she was not scared one bit. Cause I mean, there just wasn't the kick there, you know? So like you said, with the kids going the other way up from what I was saying about new hunters, meaning, and I was kind of more referring to like someone's been hunting a season and they're like, I'm going to, I'm going to use a 28, which it's all, it's up to you what you want to use. I'm not trying to push anybody anyway, but you know, it's in a, I don't know, man, you could go so many ways with that. Cause then you could say, well, then they want, maybe they want to take higher shots than they should be because they, they know they got to get them in closer. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Cause I think if you're new enough you're still not confident in those distances. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, Elliot always talks about this, the stages of hunting. When you're yeah. just starting out, mm-hmm. you're you're looking at limits. You want to shoot a lot. Uh, you know, as you progress, 
you know, like you and I, we can go out, we can have one, you know, shoot maybe one duck, have a great time, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out with family mm-hmm. and friends or just going by ourselves, watching mm-hmm. the birds, watching, you know, like you got Rocky watching him work on that one bird or, you know, whatnot. But as a new hunter, usually you're going to equate getting birds to success and you're going to want to fire the gun off as much as you can. And, you know, maybe like you said, you don't know your ranges as much. Um, so that all plays into it. Yep. Totally. So good. We, I know. And actually I want to have Elliot on, on um, the podcast. These guys are hard to get on, but, <laughs> yeah. but I want to have him on and do, and go through that whole thing. We've done that before in the podcast, just like talking with me and Travis or me and Thomas and Travis, but I want to have him on too, because I enjoy I enjoy talking to other waterfowlers that have been doing it for a long time, um, that go that have been through all those stages. You know, like you said, full. If people don't get full straps, they're like depressed. You know, I, it's nice having full strap. It really is. But they're okay. I'm gonna give you a prime example. Last year, um, Caleb's goal, his only goal for the whole year. Uh, he's done, done some fil- done some filming for us. If you remember, people know who he is, and he's really helped me a lot on photography, and really just been my like sensei, <laughs> helping me do better picture <laughs> stuff. Anyways, he said his only goal. He goes, I don't care about killing a bunch of birds or nothing like that. He goes, my only goal is to shoot a Drake Mallard. I said, dude, let's make it happen, you know. And <clears throat> he's usually wanting to do the camera and stuff like that. He he's not. Uh, trying to force his way into shooting and we were always like come on Caleb grab the gun you know here here's my gun shoot well anyways we we planned a trip just me and him or him and I and he had his own shotgun and he put the camera down for the day I did some pictures it's on the Instagram and he's holding that Drake Mallard but anyways the the backstory of that is is all I cared about is him getting one Drake Mallard I literally didn't I didn't even I I don't think I even shot that day I, I don't think I pulled the trigger one time and I didn't take the camera because I wanted to be everything about him and just focus on that moment. And we actually hunted all morning. Nothing. Nothing was really flying. It was It was a warm day, and it, there was no wind. It just wasn't a really good day. Anyways, I started picking up decoys, and I'm like, man, dude, we can stay all day if you want. And he's like, no, I need to go. So I started picking up decoys, and all of a sudden he goes, hey, hey there's, some, there's some birds. It was like a group of, like I think, six, six or seven mallards. Started working a little ways off in the distance. I like dropped the decoys, kind of ran back over to him and started calling a little bit. It was the most amazing thing ever. And these birds literally were right on top of the toolies, low. They turned and literally decoyed right in front of us. I mean, like 10, 15 yards most, most 15 yards. I don't even think it was that. And literally, like feet down, <clears throat> probably seven foot off the water, cupped. Huh. flared up seen us at the last night and i mean he crushed that drake mallard and we i mean because we were leaving and he was screaming i was screaming hooping and hollering and it was like dude this was the it was like one of my top three hunts of the whole year and i'm talking putting it in with like you said with other hunts that were limits or whatever but it was the experience it was the oh we got we're getting skunked he's not gonna get a bird we're leaving, and then just that whole, I can still see it in my mind's eye. Like, just, it was so amazing. And then <laughs> he was just, like, almost about in tears, like, holding, just staring at the straight mallard, like, my first one. It was it was so awesome. And we we wrapped it up, threw the bird in, in the boat, and took off, and that was it. And we were just floating on cloud nine, you know? Yeah. 
And you know what I really liked about that too? Because he is a beginner, so he's not in that stage. I still don't think he is in that stage like you and I are. But at the same time, he got to see how much joy and emotion came from that one bird, knowing it doesn't take a strap of birds to make that feeling. You know, so it's, yeah. it was neat for him to experience that at such an early stage in his hunting career. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's always the great thing about hunting with new people. And it doesn't matter if you're deer hunting, turkey hunting, duck hunting, you know, when, when they get their first whatever, mm-hmm. just seeing all that joy and the, the, the waves of emotion that rush, you know, rush over them. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's something else. Yeah. And he's, he's, um, what is Caleb? I think he's 35. So, I mean, he's no young kid, you know, he's, and that same thing's there. I've, I've watched it with 10, 11 year olds and I've watched it with 30 and 40 year olds, you know, and it's, it's never gets old. It's like you said, that's the other stage I'm kind of in. I'm not the guy that's not going to pick my gun up at all. Cause I know I look at some of the older guys and I'm like, how do you just not pick up the gun anymore? But they're in a different stage now. I'm, I mean, I've done it, you know, training my dog, being with my kids, being with other junior hunters that I need to keep an eye on them, put my gun away. I'm totally fine with that. Trust me. But like, I still want to hunt, you know, through the season or whatever. But some of these other guys, yeah. they, they won't even care about that. They just want to take the new people. But that's the stage I think we're in, you know, like it's just all about the the journey and the experience. Exactly. Yep. But so how are you with chokes and stuff? Because I'm looking down at, I don't know if you've seen it in my story on Instagram, but I'm looking down at the Pattern Master flyer only because they sent it when I I just got in a new the new code black duck choke for my 20 gauge because I tested it in my 12 last year all season long and at, man it was just so hard hitting it just again like I said I'm really combing everything with the fine you know fine tooth comb so I know I'm not saying all that's necessary I shot the factory chokes for years. Totally not saying that. It's just one of those things. It's enjoyable. It's what I spend all my time and money in. So I got that choke, and I'm going to try it out in my Franke Affinity Elite 3 this year. And I just got it in the day for my Father's Day gift from Sarah, actually, my wife. And uh, screwed it into my gun, fit all good. So now I'm kind of excited to pattern it. But, I mean, like, what's your thoughts? Do you kind of even mess, go down that road, or you don't even worry about it? Because, again, we know it's not necessary, you know? Yeah, I just, you know, I just use factory and all my, uh, all my 28 gauges, basically, you know, with the Benelli's, both the SBE3 and the Ethos, I got, uh, what was it, a cylinder, improved cylinder, modified, improved, modified, and full, I believe. They send mm-hmm. you five chokes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and usually I'm running IC, modified, or full, depending mm-hmm. on what I'm hunting. Right. So, and they, you know, they pattern well enough for me for with my bismuth that I'm using, so... I don't, you know, haven't haven't spent the money on those. So have you, just out of curiosity, it doesn't matter if you have or haven't, but have you patterned, just like shot a couple on paper to see what the pattern looked like or no? I haven't with this new one. I literally just got it today. So I I probably will throughout the summer. Uh, you know, I definitely want to shoot some blue rock with it before I take it out for doves or something. But uh, yeah. Well, I'll I mean, did, you, did you do it with your other one? Oh, no, I never. No. Cause I got it like during the season. So oh, that's right. in December, I got it in like December. So I, I took it out and it shot ducks. So I was like, well, probably not the best way to do that, but it worked. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any issues with the pattern when, you know, I pointed at the birds and they'd go down. So, <laughs> right. 
And you know, and I think really all that is because again, I didn't start doing that stuff till like three or four years ago. Because honestly, God, I'm being serious. Before that, I thought it was stupid. Like I'm like, why do guys think they really got a pattern like that? Give me a break, you know. I point the gun, shoot the bird, fall and die. But I think because I'm a super like uh, like technical guy, like playing golf, I'm like really focused on this and that and my how I swing and you know I. I haven't been playing much lately, but to me, to be good at something, I have to kind of be like that, super analytical. So I guess that's kind of how I've turned to with with shotgunning, you know. But it's totally not necessary because I didn't do it all the years before. It's just it's just interesting to me, and I think Matt that that builds up um, that can build up confidence too, you know. And when you shoot against a piece of paper and you like see what it looks like, you're like, oh man, that looks pretty good, you know. There's no holes in it, and there's it's really clean looking and okay, that at 20 yards, that's how much that pattern spreads. I think it's just, it's a good little confidence builder, but it's definitely not necessary, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying people shouldn't go out and pattern their guns by mm-hmm. any means, you know, had I got my vanilla ethos in the summertime, guarantee I would have patterned it. Mm. Um, like this, you know, super black Eagle three, I'm going to take it out and pattern it here in the next week or so probably. Um, but where I bought it right, you know, right during hunting season. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I'm time. like, yeah, I don't have time for that. So <laughs> I just took it. Took Anybody it out got and... time for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, dude. Trust me, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, it, it was nice. It, I'll tell you what, my biggest thing for me, I think because, again, I'm, I know we're preaching in the choir and we've talked at these conversations so many times, but it never gets old to me. But shooting still, and I've shot for years. Every guys, I don't want to get people all worked up. And I know ammo prices are insane right now, so we got to take what we can get. But it's like, I will say this: I wouldn't. I don't. I think I would be a little hesitant in shooting still with my twenty-eight gauge. To be honest with you, um, because I've shot birds with my twelve gauge with straight still and just feel like it almost ricocheted off the birds sometimes. But when I now using bismuth or, you know, pretty much bismuth is my biggest thing I like to shoot. Even just heavy metal, and I'm just saying because there's a mixture of bismuth in there. But when I shoot um, my 20 gauge with bismuth, I feel like I have the confidence level of my 12, meaning like just the, the power of it, you know? Yeah. So like in my mind, I feel like, okay, now shooting bismuth out of my 28 gauge, I you know, maybe that will feel like the 20 to me. Like, I'm just not going to feel like I don't have enough gun there with the right ammo. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've shot steel out of mine, um, never during regular duck season. I just, years ago, I bought a case before ammo was like crazy yeah. um, of steel sixes, mm-hmm. and I just use them for teal season because, you know, usually those birds are in 5, 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so... Really doesn't matter too much what you hit them with at that range. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I bought some Boss. What did I think? I think I got maybe nines or sevens that I'm gonna try this teal season. Just you know, a little better pattern. And with Bismuth, I mean, Bismuth nines should knock them dead. So. Oh yeah, for teal. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be crazy. I'm excited to see that actually. <clears throat> you know, I w- I would totally. If you told me, could you do you want sixes or sevens? I would definitely go with sevens. You know, like if I had the option, but um, heavy shot doesn't do sevens in 
Then now they do. You know what? I'm not actually sure on the 12s, the heavy 12, but that stuff's really expensive. So I um I shoot that sparingly. That's that's specific times. You know, I don't just I won't shoot that. In fact, I still have. I didn't have a lot last year, and I still got plenty left because I just tried to kind of use it sparingly. But I will say that stuff's insane too. But anyways, I'm, I don't want to get off on that rap trail about heavy shot. But I'm just saying we we both know the different. There is a difference between still and bismuth, you know. And that's that's scientific. <laughs> yeah, that's reality. It has nothing to do with brand or anything. That's just bismuth. No, bismuth heavier. Period. Whether I, whoever it's federal or whoever it is. I always get a chuckle. Like you'll see Facebook, some of the, there'll be some old guy in some comments, what any, like, you know, any hunting article about bismuth and be like, Oh, that's not so overrated. You don't, it's, it's a gimmick. It doesn't actually work or, <laughs> you know, they just go on and on. And it's like, it's, it's science. Like, just like he said, it, like you can, yeah, don't, you don't buy bismuth or don't buy bismuth. I don't care. But you can't deny that it's not better. Like it has well, more uh, knockdown power yeah. because it's denser. It's, it's just like it. lead. Is is lead better than steel? Everyone's gonna say yes, right? Other than environmentally, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, whatever. It's a There's people that it's yeah, science. it's science. Well, gra- grab the what are they? What the, what's the table called? The table with all the metals and all oh, the periodic table. The periodic table. Grab the periodic table. How's that a gimmick? Look at steel and then go look at bismuth. It's like yeah, it's everywhere. It's just like t- and tungsten as well. You know, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, has, it has nothing to do. People get so overwhelmed and wrapped up in like brands, and just forget it's just the material. Period. Yeah, bismuth is bismuth. You know, it, it is funny though. The old timers were getting worked up about that, or anybody for that matter. You know, but yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, this. So I, not to since I know you don't use really aftermarket chokes, but um, actually. Um, Jake from Chasing Green's the one that turned me on to him last year before season started. He's like, give it a try. You should give it a try. <clears throat> but I really like it. But yeah, it's I didn't realize it until I was really studying. I did a video on the channel about um uh the stud ring. So they actually don't do constriction on the code black um chokes. I thought all chokes were always constricted, and that's how they do what they do, whether it's full or improved cylinder or whatever. But these actually it's the stuttering that slows the watt up it's not the constriction so it really doesn't constrict it so i'm thinking they're saying that's why on a powder master code black not all the powder masters are like this but the code black duck that's why it most it shortens that shot string and hits that bird really hard is that's why because of the stud ring so i thought that was kind of interesting just sharing that as a little bonus for anybody listening to the podcast right now <laughs> but so Matt, well, I'll let you go here in a minute, but uh, what are your plans, any big plans this season, this year for duck season? Yeah, um, planning on heading up to North Dakota in August for the early goose season. I've never been to North Dakota, so that should be fun. Uh, might have a mini Flyways Collective collab up there. Mm. Want a, another member possibly, but uh, don't want to spoil anything yet until it happens. Yeah. You could tell me when we hang up. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm a little jealous about that because I'm like, hmm, can I make that work? But then I want, I don't want to, I don't want to jump in on the party. I don't want to ruin anything. But I've been wanting to do that too. That, that that should be a good time. Yeah. So that, um, you know, teal season might have another 
Flyways Collective meetup there, little mini collab again. I, it's just like we're going to be having a lot of little mini collabs mm-hmm. of like one or two or three of us or something, you know? Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, so September, Dove and Teal, and then hopefully draw an antelope tag in October. And, uh, yeah, then just shoot an antelope, hopefully, and back on to ducks and geese. Might go to Wyoming, might go to Kansas, you know, all across Nebraska. I mean, sky's the limit. Hopefully, gas prices go down. My I mean, that'll might limit me some. So yeah, definitely not the year of traveling that you would want to. No, you know, do. But hey, gotta get out to them birds. We yep. were where we were thinking of the trips that we take. We were doing the math from what it was last year. It cost us to this year. It's like it's. Ugh. Especially out here in Cal, you know the basically I want to say California, but the West Coast in general is just ridiculous. Another one oh, yeah. or two dollars more than you guys are, I think. Where, where are you at right now for like? You- uh, four sixty four is what I saw today. Okay, yeah, for gas we're well over six, you know, Oof. about six, and then diesel, which is what I my truck's a diesel. It's seven to seven thirty. So Jeez. it's horrible, but that's always been that way, right? That's how California runs things. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know, like Idaho, Washington, Nevada, all those guys are uh, Oregon. They're all about you know fifty cents to a dollar cheaper <clears throat> most of the time, but uh, than us. But there's still more than the Midwest and all that and stuff. But hey, you know what? I mean, ain't gonna kill them sitting on the couch. Got to make some make some sacrifices somewhere, or you, or you could just get an an electric car, Matt. Kind of work on no. that. Hey, I've got an electric bike, so close enough, right? (laughs) Hey, uh, and you can go like what, twenty miles on a charge or what? Uh, It'll go sixty miles on a full charge. No way. But it'll go like twenty something miles. Yeah, twenty two. I don't know. Dollar an hour. We should we should probably talk about uh, like the first day I got it, and I was trying to send you a Marco. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you don't know how bad I want to put that on my story or do a, a reel on Instagram, dude. That was, I laughed. I haven't laughed that hard so long, Matt. You don't even know how much I needed that laugh. So thank you <laughs> for sacrificing yourself. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know so, what? We got to, you know what we could do? We could do a, what is that? A collab post on Instagram, a reel where it shares on both pages at the same time. There you go. That would be, that'd go viral, dude. Oh, so for I guess for those listening, I'll, I'll try to set the scene here. So I got this e-bike, set it up, um, and we got like a little bike trail where I live. And so I'm, I'm, I'm driving my little e-bike on this thing, and uh, it has hill assist on. And if you have that enacted, basically, if you slow up, the motor kicks on to help you like if you're going up a hill or if you're, you know, you turn, you slow down, and then you need to start back up um, out of the turn. So I'm doing, I'm stupidly doing this Marco trying to descend Titus. I'm like, this thing is awesome. And the handlebars crank just enough and slows up. So then the motor engages and literally flips me off the bike (laughs) (laughs) and the phone's still recording. (laughs) So I have to like, I drop the phone. I have to run over. I'm like, and then I'm like, I'm uh, like, cause I was like, this thing was so, this thing is so awesome. And then, you know, the phone's just sitting there still recording. I pick it up. I'm like, except when it does that. Oh, and I sent it to Titus, and he's just dying laughing when he responds back. <laughs> my wife is like, "What are you watching?" And then she's like, "You're mean. What? 
well, is he okay? Is he alive still? I'm like, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> then I was like, Matt, are you okay? Because <laughs> then, like, there was nothing after that. That couldn't have been better. That would, I mean, honestly, I, we've got to put that on something and just get that going, dude. You, that's not even fair not to show that to anybody. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Oh, that man. was so epic. Oh, I'm serious. Uh, oh, dude. Because I was like, what did he, I, in my mind, I was thinking, did he hit a rock or something, you know, which could cause, you know, I was thinking, if that thing goes that hard over a rock, it's <laughs> funny that it was still recording, too. You're just so nonchalant, yeah. you're like flipping through the air, <sighs> the phone's like flipping, and then all of a sudden you're like, just don't do that, or not like that, or something, I can't remember, <laughs> except yeah. for that, I think is what you said, but it was funny. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, so I learned that lesson first the first day. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been out, out on it anymore? Yeah, I, I take it to the gym every day, you know. Um, you know, it's not too far a walk or too far a drive, but, uh, you know, saving gas wherever I can. Yeah. And I've taken it out in the country and I'll zip around on, out on you know, I'm off road with it. It goes pretty good. So, I don't know. It's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it looks like it. Anything that does all the work without me having to do it seems like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. I still haven't got to do one. My my brother, he <clears throat> said he, when he went to his, with his family to the coast, they said they rented them like the full-size like mountain bike ones. And he said, he goes, man, it really was fun. So I've heard a lot of people like them, have a good time on them. Oh, yeah. But anyways, well, I probably got to let you go. But um, thanks for coming on short notice. And I feel like that was a good conversation. Yeah, no problem. Always happy to jump on for you. So yeah, I can I could talk about guns and chokes and <laughs> patterns literally for hours. So, but yeah, best of luck to you this season. I'm sure we'll some. I'm hoping we can link up somehow. Depending on my work, I got a little farther drive. Man, plane tickets are out the roof. It's like I don't I don't even want to think about flying right now. Just a normal t- yeah. plane ticket that I could fly somewhere for max three hundred dollars. They're all eight and hundred eight and nine hundred dollars now. So. Oh my thanks, gosh. thanks to your uncle Joe Biden there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyways, all right, man. Well, thank. Hey, tell everybody where they can find your stuff if they don't already know. Yeah, so uh, High Prairie Sportsman on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and yeah, I think that's it. All yeah. right, perfect. And uh, we'll see what we can do about that little video of Matt and the e-bike. <laughs> maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll title it. When you're rushing on your e-bike to get to the spot and you hit a rock or something, we'll come up with something. <laughs> something like that. There you go. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one. We'll, and everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys. Oh, yeah. Make sure you guys go check it out and um, check out his YouTube channel like you already said. Go subscribe. He's got great hunting content. It's one of my favorite channels. Waterfall channels on YouTube. So go check that out. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the MVM show on YouTube. It'll be on there as well. And uh, we're trying to get to a thousand on there. So thanks everybody, and we'll see you on the next one. We're excited to score, baby! Woo!